Welcome to the most innovative, creative, intellectually stimulating podcast around. Now let's listen to One on One with Dr. D. Welcome, welcome, and welcome. Welcome once again to One on One with Dr. D. I'm your host, Dr. Derek Henderson. God bless you. How are you doing today? I pray that you are doing well. Amen. I want to speak to you today about compromised Christianity. What exactly is compromised Christianity? And in actuality, I want to speak to you more so from a personal perspective, not from a generalization because generalizations will get us in trouble. But let's speak about it from the perspective of you and I. Now, before we get into uh, the source of the topic, let's define these words. And you know me, I like to define words so that we can find out exactly what we're doing and where we're going with this. So let's look at the terminology compromise. Now, if an individual compromises something, they accept the standard that is lower than they desired. In other words, you come to an agreement of something that you really want, but you paid a little more for it than you actually intended because it was a desire that you wanted. Now, I said a little lower, but it could increase in value. And it's the same way opposite. So it could be a little lower. It could be a little more, but it is based on how much you want it. That's a compromise and it works both ways. Now, there is good compromise and there is bad compromise. Okay, good compromise, you get something out of it, everyone is happy. Bad compromise is when you do something that is outside of your comfort zone, but you do it because you feel as if you are held hostage if you do not do that thing. Now, there's also another part of the definition that I want to bring across to you, and that is it means compromised in reference to uh, it's impaired or it's diminished in function, right? weakened or damaged. Maybe it's flawed. Maybe it's compromised like an immune system. And us being in this pandemic now, many people have uh, passed because their immune systems were compromised by COVID and they could not get back that which they lost. Okay, so compromise is good or bad. Now let's look at the terminology Christian or Christianity. Now, most of you that listen to the podcast, you understand that I am a Christian. I'm a Christian minister. And so my belief is in Christianity. So we all have a similar understanding of what Christianity is. And it's the it's the it's the religion that's based on a person and uh, the person and teaching of Jesus 
and uh, our beliefs and practices uh, that we do based on that. And that's 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 a that's a very light definition of what it is. Very light definition of what it is. Now, let's take compromise and Christianity and put it together. So, what is compromised Christianity? Well, I'm going to give you this definition. I want you to think long and hard about this. Right? It's when you accept standards that are lower than Jesus, that are lower than Jesus had in mind when he died for you. Hello. That's what compromised Christianity is. Now, there's so many, many aspects that I could go into and stories. As a matter of fact, I will tell you a story of compromised Christianity in reference to God telling me to do something. This was many, many years ago. I was riding the bus and the Lord spoke to me about a young man that was on the bus. I did not know this young man. I saw him every single day ride the same bus that I did about the same length. I'd never spoken to him. I never said hello to him. Nothing. But the Lord told me he wanted me to go and engage him and speak to him about him. So the Lord wanted me to give this young man a word. I was also a young man. Wanted me to give him a word. Well, I, I said, Lord, well, I, I don't know him. I, I, I've never done that before. And so instead of me being obedient, I didn't do it. Now, I know many of you are saying, well, you were just disobedient. I was fearful. Yes, I know. God does not give us the spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. Yet and still, I did not do. I compromised myself to be more comfortable because I was afraid. There's compromise. Fear will make you compromise. I did not give the young man the word. God gave me another chance and I did not give him the word again. And then God sent someone on the same bus that evangelized to the young man and the young man got saved. God will always have a ram in the bush when you are disobedient. And God does not forget your disobedience. He will forgive it, but he does not forget it because he understands who we are and then he will just put us in positions to grow us further because that was to stretch me. Now, that was a situation of compromise. Now, remember what I just said. It's when you accept standards that are lower than Christ had in mind when he died for you. What standard did Jesus have when he died for us? Did he have perfection? in mind for us did he have reaching perfection did he have that we were we were going to be everything that we're supposed to be and I believe that's exactly what it is that Jesus had in mind that we would come to the full knowledge of the stature of the man that he was and in turn we would be given power to do the things he did because here on earth while Jesus was here 
it was simply a lesson to teach us about our abilities that we will have not only here on earth but when we got to that heavenly place now we can have a theological debate and discussion on that later on but i want to speak about compromise okay so if you're deriving anything from this podcast at all please like share subscribe you will not get this content without being subscribed it's only 4.99 a month and you will receive all of the benefits of all of that um with the with the podcast you will get an encouraging word of the day it's in the bible and a theological uh word uh for the week amen now here's the other part okay i have a question for each and every one of you that are listening today here's the question i want to pose to you are you a compromised Christian? Listening to the story that I just told you, just the one. Are you a compromised Christian? What have you done to compromise your belief or your faith? And by the end of tonight's show, by the end of the show tonight, okay, you'll know whether or not you are a compromised Christian because I'm going to lay out for you some things that will indelibly point out to you whether or not you have been compromised amen and i want you to think about these things because the more that we get into finding out whether or not we have been compromised the less the uh, the, the less likely the enemy will be able to come in because remember when the enemy comes in like a flood the spirit of the lord shall raise up a standard against him however if we're compromised it won't take a flood for the enemy to try to come in he'll just because we've opened the door and that's what i have to tell you we will have opened the door for him to just simply walk in because we have compromised our faith and it's an extreme easy thing to do and sometimes we do it and we don't know that we have done it now here's the crux here's the crux okay listen here's when you begin to know that you are compromised are you ready you got your pens your pads you ready for this okay a compromised christian believes that the word of god will fit whatever the world is doing at the time the world is doing it let me put it in this perspective you change the word of god to fit with the changing world let me say that again you change the word of god to fit with the changing world now we know that the bible says that we are not to change a dot nor a jot of this book or the plagues of this book will come upon us now understand this we do this sometimes inadvertently so that we may be able to fit in once again here we go with compromise 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 to fit in have you ever been sitting down and you know you should not be part of a conversation in a break room or someplace else and the person is talking and you feel uncomfortable to leave the conversation so you sit there 
and you listen to either the rudeness, the racial jokes, the belittling of women, anything. These are things that you know that the Bible tells us that we should not be involved with conversationally, yet we sit there and we listen because we don't desire to be rude. It's at that moment that you should be rude. It's when you should get up and you should actually walk out and leave. You have compromised your moral turpitude just to please people because you didn't want to be different. But yet we are different. Okay, the next one, the next one. A compromised Christian will modify the word of God because of opposition. What did I just say? You modify the word of God. In other words, here's what the Bible says about this. This is what it means. You can't change it because the word of God, though it is a living, breathing word, even though you understand its implications. Here's one that's very easy. Thou shalt not steal. Here we go. Thou shalt not steal. There's nothing in there. There's nothing in there that persuades you that you should do it. Now, I know many people are probably going to sit back and they're going to go, well, what if the person is hungry and they're really stealing to eat? You know, um, they're really, really hungry. They're not stealing just to steal, but they're stealing to eat. I understand that. But the Bible doesn't say thou shalt not steal. But you can if it's for you to eat. It doesn't say any of that. Not in the Greek or Hebrew that I understand or the English version. What it does say is that you should not steal. Now, we can give mercy to the individual if it's stolen from us. And we give mercy to them because we understand that the individuals do not have anything to eat and that they may be hungry. Their stomach may be uh, rumbling. However, still, nevertheless, the Bible does not change. And it has not changed. That is part of the law. And it is still part of grace within the law. That's where grace comes in. So thou shalt not steal is still compromise when you add on to, uh, well, if he's hungry, he can. And we may forgive him. So we modify the word of God because of the opposition. Somebody opposes that. Oh, I disagree with that. Many people will disagree what you say about the Bible, the word of God. But the word of God says what it says and it means what it says. Now, that comes from a biblicist um, ideology. However, many of us are not biblicists. Okay? I most certainly am not because I like to give place to the Holy Ghost. Um so that he can he can move and and expand or shrink or do whatever it is uh, that the Holy Ghost does. All right? Here's number three. Here's number three. We reshape the methods that we know we should be doing to become relevant. So, We reshape the methods to become relevant. 
God tells you to do this and this is the way that he wants you to do it but that's old school and nobody's doing it that way anymore and I'm going to give you something and once again it may be a little bit controversial but I believe that the I really honestly believe that the sanctuary of the church is a place where if you're going to worship God, you're going to praise God, you're going to do everything, you do it in the name of God, but you do it in the way and the manner in which God likes it. Okay? Hebrews 13.8 says God is the same yesterday, today, and forever. He has not changed in reference to that. His sanctuary is still holy. I do not believe that form certain forms of music should be played inside the church this is my personal belief if you want the young people to bring hip-hop into the church it's great just not in the sanctuary I believe that there is a specific type of methodology in reference to worship and how God should be perceived and how he should receive us and how we should receive him within that realm but that's me but we reshape the method so that we become relevant what do we do we bring hip-hop we bring everything else into the church and now we're relevant because we're trying to keep the young people in the church wait a minute what did we just do we modified the word of God because of opposition you're not doing that oh my god Nobody's going to come to the church. You're not going to get the young people in. You should put that music in there. You should put hip-hop. You should put uh, 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 country and blues and everything. If it's not worship music. And music praising God specifically. Because it doesn't give a genre. And I'm going a little bit deeper than I wanted to go. But if it doesn't give a genre. Yeah, people say, well, we can do it as long as we're praising God. But if that's the case then any old thing that you throw the name of Jesus in or God in will be able to fit there. And we know that that is not right and that is not correct. Number four, compromised Christians always seek the praises of men. That's a very big one because the moment you seek the praises of men, you lose the favor of God. And that's what's going on in our church today. Simply because we want to remain relevant and we want to make sure that men looks on us and says, oh my God, look at them. That's such a great thing. At a boy, at a girl. And that's not what we're doing this for. That's not why we do this for. That's not why we serve God. Not in any way, shape, or form. Alright, so those are the four things. Remember, the four things that you do, that you compromise, that we've all done this, and all of us have done this, at some point in time, in one of these four, is that we, uh, uh, we, 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 we change the word of God to fit with the changing world, or we modify the word of God because of opposition, or we reshape um, the methods so that we can become relevant or we seek the praises of men. At some point in time in all of our Christian walk, we have compromised to that extent. And either we did it purposefully or we did it without intent. 
but it's all happened. Now, those are just the basic outside things. But now I want to tell you what you should not compromise, if anything at all. I want you to listen to this. Get your pens again. Get your pens again. You do not compromise the essentials of the Christian faith, including the Gospels. Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. You do not compromise those. That's, in essence... Uh, the books that Jesus was written about specifically it was the beginnings of the New Testament you should not compromise that at all in any way shape or form okay you, and that's including the gospel you should not compromise the faithful preaching of the word you should never compromise that the preaching of the word should remain the preaching of the word meaning you're preaching from the Bible you're um you're exegeting not eisegeting you are going forward with the power and admonition of God so that the people can not only learn from the narratives that were put forth in the word but they can also go away with with a total understanding and a change that has become relevant in their lives due to your interaction with them during the preaching of the word that's what should happen we should not compromise at all the lordship and the authority of Jesus never 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 compromise that in any way shape or form Jesus Christ is still Lord he will remain Lord and he will always be Lord you don't compromise that for any reason. So if a Muslim comes and they challenge you on Christ and their ideology might sound good and some of their statements may sound relevant, Jesus is still Lord. It doesn't matter. You can go away, still love your brother, but disagree with him wholeheartedly. Period. Never compromise your personal convictions. Do you hear me? Ever. Never compromise your personal convictions at all because that in turn will lead you down a slippery slope, okay, of sinful behavior. And never, never compromise your moral issues. Anything having to do with your morality. Because once again, when you deal with those things, your personal convictions and your morality, you're still going down a slippery slope. You keep your moral values high. No sex outside of marriage. Okay? Um, I, I'm not going to steal. Okay? I'm not going to lie. Okay? I will never cheat on my spouse. These are things that fit within the realm of our morality that you should be looking at. And those things right there are critical assessments of who we are within the realm of our moral turpitude. Amen? So, hear me. If, if, if you're deriving any value from, from what I'm saying or anything, uh, please like, 
share, subscribe, um, subscribe, subscribe, subscribe. Okay? Uh, every week, I come back with a relevant topic, something that we could discuss, something that you could drop me a note in. You can either drop me a note here on Anchor, or you can drop it in the one-on-one -on -one with Dr. D Facebook page that you found the podcast on. And you can also find us on Twitter. Amen? Listen, with that stated, I want to get us into today's school moment. Beloved, today's school moment is about understanding. Do you realize that the synonym to compromise is understanding? Well, the Bible speaks about it in Proverbs 4.7. It says, wisdom is the principal thing. Therefore, get wisdom. And with all thy getting, get understanding. When you place that in context, with all that you get, make sure you understand why you're doing what you're doing to utilize wisdom. But get understanding, beloved. And so with that, Make sure that you understand everything that you're getting into, everything that you attach yourself to, everything that you are doing, and make sure you understand who you are. And that is today's school. Grace and peace and a profit's reward. I'm Dr. Derek Henderson of the Prophet's Cave and the Prophet's Cave Institute of Prophetic Studies with this week's theological word. This week's theological word is anathema. That's anathema. And the meaning of anathema is something or someone that is disliked. The second part of that definition is a formal curse by a pope or a council of the church. In other words, something that has been set apart because it no longer is desired to be used. It is accursed. So where is that in the Bible? Well, there are several instances that anathema is used. In Acts 23, 14, it states, Who having come near to the chief priests and to the elders said, With anathema... We did anathematize ourselves to taste nothing till we have killed Paul. And that's in Acts 23, 14. Another one states, For I could wish that I myself were anathema for Christ, for my brethren's sake, my kinsmen, according to the flesh. And that is Romans 9, 3. Once again, this week's word is anathema. Be blessed and may God smile upon you.
Thank you for tuning in to the teaching ministry of One-on-One with Dr. D. Please don't forget to like, share, and subscribe. Until next time, see you on the other side.